Good afternoon and welcome to the Raw podcast brought to you by the Sunderland Echo. My name is James Copley and I'm joined today by Joe Nicholson and Richard Minear. Joe, we're going to start with you. Um, we're going to aim to cover all things Sunderland in this podcast. You were at Plough Lane on Saturday to watch the 1-1 draw with AFC Wimbledon. That's one win in eight for Sunderland now. A really, really bad run of form. Um, Alex Neal, second game at the club. What did you make of it? Um, yeah, quite an honest assessment from Alex Neal after the game, as I'm sure a lot of the fans will have seen. He's saying that the his kind of assessment of the of the game and the squad is there's a lot of young players out there that, that look quite tired, that have played a lot of football this season and also combine that with a few of the more experienced players, perhaps some of them that have been brought in have not played enough minutes this season. So it's a really difficult balance for him to kind of get at the minute. It was another kind of frustrating draw aside from the one moment of quality from Alex Pritchard with his second goal in two games with the free kick. Sunderland didn't really cause too many problems. Um, Anthony Patterson as well in, in Sunderland goal had to make a couple of important saves. And it was a, it was another kind of concerning performance against a Wimbledon side that was struggling for form as well. The kind of t- size that Sunderland needs to be putting away if they are going to kind of revive their push for promotion. And that's three teams now in Cheltenham, Wimbledon and Doncaster, three teams near the bottom of the table that weren't in great form that Sunderland haven't been able to beat. And, and confidence is still very low at the minute. Um, as Alex Neal said after the game, players look quite tired. And um, yeah, it's quite concerning. And Alex Neal's got a big job in his hands. But I do think it is a good appointment. I'm sure we'll get on to kind of the managerial process um, and how it's kind of panned out over the last two weeks. But I do think Sunderland have got a good manager, a good head coach in Alex Neal now. And uh, but yeah, as I said before, he's got a big job to try and turn things around. Indeed, he has. We are bringing you this podcast live on Facebook and Twitter as well. If you have any comments or questions, please do leave them in the comment section and we'll do our best to get to them. Rich, the league table after the AFC Wimbledon game and, and Sunderland's bad run of form isn't looking too clever at the moment, really. Um, I remember when Lee Johnson got sacked. I sort of thought, well, whoever comes in is going to have sort of a free hit because there's no way Sunderland could drop out of the playoffs. But the top two probably looks a bit beyond them. Um, now there's a real possibility that they're going to drop out of the playoffs. Yeah, very much so. Um, it's very tight, isn't it? Very tight. And there's a lot of teams in the mix. Probably helped the Sheffield got beat at the weekend. But, you know, that was against a very, very solid Rotherham team. I think when you had a couple of shots on target and were, were clinical. So um, Rotherham look a good bet to probably win the league, I would say. Wigan, given the number of games they've got in hand, I'd be surprised at this stage if they didn't finish second. Um, and Sunderland have absolutely shot their own automatic promotion hopes, probably in their own foot over the last fortnight or so. Um, probably back a little longer, to be fair, ahead of the Bolton game. Things weren't great weather. There's a reason why Lee Johnson was sacked. Um, but that said, the last two weeks have just been fairly calamitous on and off the pitch, I think it's fair to say. Um, and it just shows how far Sunderland have sunk, really, when a point away at Wimbledon is seen in some quarters as kind of, you know, stopping the rot and giving them something to build on. I mean, obviously, that's the kind of games that Sunderland should be should be winning. But um, range of issues around, you know, confidence, fitness, which Alex Neil spoke well on, I think, post-match. Um, didn't take him long to work out the issues currently with the squad. 40-minute training session on the Friday. And the 90-minute game at Wimbledon on the Saturday showed him that it's a young squad. Uh, a lot of the young lads are um, understandably fatigued at the minute. Um, senior players who have come in 
haven't had a lot of minutes. The likes of Jermaine Defoe, for all there was a lot of excitement around that signing. He's still a what 39-year-old striker who's played a couple of games all season. So, you know, as to what impact he's realistically going to have between now and the end of the season, we'll have to see. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of issues. And he's got obviously a free week now on the training ground to try and embed some of his ideas, but also best juggle how to get minutes into some players and, and give others players a rest. Um, to answer your question, which I've forgotten slightly, with the league table, yeah, Sunderland have a battle on <laughs> the minute just to secure their playoff place. Um, hopefully, Wimbledon was their lowest point uh, and we can build from here. But um, tough game Saturday against MK Dons, who are obviously in the mix themselves. Um, you know, whoever came in was never really going to have much of a honeymoon period. Um, and yeah, obviously someone could do the win on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. MK Don's actually above Sunderland and the table at the moment. We all love SEFC on Facebook, says we need to start winning games now because it's very unlikely uh, we will finish first or second and we don't want to slip out the playoffs. Can't disagree with that. Steve Amos asks, can we recall O'Brien? I presume he means Aidan O'Brien, but he actually left um, for Portsmouth on a permanent transfer, so I don't think Portsmouth would accept us recalling him at this stage. Uh, Jim Stevens says this is probably one for you, Joe. Any news on out-of-contract players coming in? We are short in defence and midfield. You did um, a piece on the Echo sort of identifying a couple of a couple of targets Sunderland could look at, but at the moment, it doesn't really look like anything's moving um, in that direction at the moment, does it? Yeah, it's difficult with free agents and players that are out-of-contract. And Alex Neal did speak about that after the game. He said it's an option they'll explore, and that's something that Christian Speakman had said before, before Sunderland brought in Alex Neal, that it's something that the club are assessing. But the, the problem is players that are out of contract now in the middle of February are not players that are going to be up to speed and not going to be players that can come in and play straight away. You're going to have to build their fitness up in, in the likelihood. Um, it's going to be hard to bring in someone that's going to come in um, on Saturday and going to go straight into the starting eleven and, and be able to cope with a competitive league one fixture. So, there are a couple of names out there, but it's it's quite difficult to see any of them kind of coming in and making an immediate impact. They're going to maybe take a couple of weeks to get up to speed. By that point, Sunderland will be only have a handful of games left and um, potentially, well, maybe be looking at the playoffs. So um, it's a very difficult one, but it is something that Sunderland are looking at, particularly in defence. Letting Tom Flanagan go, we said at the time, was, was quite a big gamble and it looks like that could come back to bite them because... Danny Bath was without with, with an ankle injury on Saturday, so they were down to Bailey Wright and Callum Doyle. And if anything happens to them, they're down to Arbonnet Lamaggi, who's hardly played any football and has been out with a long-term knee injury. And at fullback as well, Dennis Serkin looks like he could potentially need a rest, but Sunderland allowed Denver Hume to leave and go to Portsmouth. So they're short of options at fullback, at left-back in particular as well. So definitely areas in the squad where Sunderland look light. They will have a look at the free agent market, but... Um, it's another very difficult one at the minute. Yeah, I think as time goes on and as the season gets deeper, the decisions to let Hume go in January and, and Flanagan go in January just seem all the more puzzling. And you, know, you have to question, question those making the decisions because, I mean, we don't know yet, but these decisions could well cost Sunderland in the end. Rich, Well, Beavers, they were trying to bring someone in, weren't they? They were trying to bring in a centre-back. but yeah, uh, Beavers. That but didn't that, happen. Um, According to the to the Peterborough end, that deal was um, on and off throughout the window, and Sunderland sort of panicked towards the end um, by the sounds of it. From from their end, anyway, I'd be interested to hear the, the Sunderland um, version of events on that one. Rich Alex Neil, you've um, you've seen a lot of managers come and go through the doors at the Academy of Light during your time um, covering football in the northeast. What are your first impressions of um, of the man? 
I think it's about um, 11 managers since I joined um, kind of Sunderland Beat, as you were. And that was only six, seven years ago. And that just shows you how bad those years have been, really. Um, I, think that's, I think that's almost permanent managers as well. But anyway, that aside, um, I thought you spoke very well Saturday. Um, I think Christian Speakman would have been wincing um, when he heard his post-match interview, um, given some of the issues he highlighted quite quickly. Um Take your point around and trying to bring in players on deadline day, but also um, they hadn't signed those players, so why why let one or two players go and leave yourself weaker um, before you've you've managed to strengthen yourself? Although I do get how complex the Johnny window is, and we've touched on this before, but you know, Sunderland have tried to obviously do best by individual players, Flanagan, Hume, O'Brien as well, and they've referenced that in the, the quotes when they've gone. You know, in terms of what was also right for the footballer, but equally, it's got to be right for Sunderland to start with and. You know, if those decisions are postponed for three or four months, then they're postponed for three or four months and those players will just have to get on with it and just accept being a squad player because at the minute, Sunderland look short in a couple of areas, a couple of key areas, certainly defence. Um, free agent market's tricky because, as everyone said, and Neil touched upon, how fit are those players going to be? You know, he might just be giving himself another issue around bringing in an experienced player but isn't really fit enough to make much of an impact anyway so it's, it's a really tricky one um joel answer this better than me but i don't know how many of the under 23s might be able to kind of step up a little bit maybe if there's any central defensive options there or not i don't know um but yeah i think neil spoke well i think he is a good appointment i said this last week if um if he was appointed within 48 hours of lee johnson going um we wouldn't have seen the fallout from the last fortnight, I don't think. Um, I suspect they would have got better results against Cheltenham and Doncaster um, and Wimbledon. But um, I think in his own right, he's a, he's a good appointment. Um, obviously, you know, how much, how much time and all those kind of things. He doesn't have much, you know, he, he's not able to bring in any of his own players now between now and the end of the season. So he's stuck with what he's got. Um, I think there'll be a fair amount of understanding from Sunderland fans. But equally, the way this season's unravelled over the last month in particular is um, it's quite shocking, really. So... Uh, it needs a massive reaction, and that starts with the players. As tired as they may be, they've not been performing either have over the last five, six weeks or so. So um, it's time for a few of them, I think, to step up as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the, the past two weeks since Johnson was sacked with the the 6-0 loss at Bolton and the downturn in form um, and sort of the roller coaster of the end of the transfer window. It's And then the, the Keane stuff and Alex Neil, it's, it's been sort of up there with, you know, some of some of the worst and best sort of days covering Sunderland that I've had, and even as a fan, you know, um, it's been it's been up and down. But you know, the, the low points have been extremely low, and when you consider that they're in in League One, it's um it's pretty tough to take. So yeah, I think that the fan base are, are rightly annoyed at the moment. Um, but we have a, a Sunderland fan on Facebook again, Steve Amos. This will be one for you, Joe. Do the lads think we might be able to bring? through some more under-23s in at the first-team squad. Joe, you were actually at Appleton last night as Sunderland played Wigan under-23s. Was it the Premier yeah. League Cup? Yeah. Yeah. How did that game go? And sort of, well, there was no real first-team interest. Was there maybe a couple of people expecting possibly Defoe to get a few minutes or, or maybe even Roberts? That didn't happen. Um, you've obviously watched the under-23s a lot this season for the Sunderland. Go, are there any promising prospects that you think could make the step up to first team level at the moment and help Sunderland with the, the promotion charge? There are some prospects in there, but I don't think there's anyone really that could step up right now and kind of make a difference this season. The under-23 squad is quite young at the minute. Um, a lot of kind of scholars have been promoted um, into that setup and 
they've allowed quite a few players to go out on loan to kind of gain more game time. People like Stephen Wern, Will Harris, um, Patrick Almond have all gone out on loan to lower league clubs to try and get more game time. Um, the kind of two more senior players in that setup are Benji Kimpioka and Tyrese Dice, who actually both went off injured last night. Dice potentially was someone as a left back with Sirkin having played a lot of minutes. You thought maybe he could perhaps step up. He's played a few games in the Papa John's Trophy, but he went off with a nasty looking ankle injury last night and left the field on crutches. So that's not looking very good for him. So there's not really too many options there. Um, that I think could come in and, and make an impact in the first team this season. In terms of how it went last night, it was quite an eventful game. Sunderland were 2 0 up, looked pretty comfortable. And then in, in the final minute, goalkeeper Jack McIntyre got sent off, gave away a penalty, and Sunderland had used all of their substitutions. So one of the trialists had to go in goal, and they ended up drawing the game 2 2. So, um, and that saw them actually eliminated from the competition. So, um, yeah, not the, not the best night for the under-23 squad. Alex Neal was there watching the game, along with his assistant, Martin Cannon. Uh, Christian Speakman was there as well. So um, they're definitely taking a look at that. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's anyone really in that setup at the minute that could kind of be promoted. It's not like there's a Dan Neal who was playing in the under-23s last season. He could come up and, and immediately go into the first team. I feel for the trialist in that uh, in that scenario, Blammy. It sounds like <laughs> he actually guessed the right way for the penalty, but the ball just rolled underneath him. So, uh, what sort of like, um, what sort of position was the trialist playing before he went and goal? He was playing centre back. Centre back. Oh well, so I suppose it's it's a bit of a John O'Shea for Man United situation. <laughs> it was actually uh, the player was called Ugoma Emenike, oh, right. uh, who I think came from non-league. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll have a look at the uh, the comments again. Stuart Curtis says we won't get out of this division as long as Donald and Charlie are anything to do with our club. Most likely, Stuart probably referring to the unclear ownership situation at the moment, which seems to be dominating um, discourse on social media at the moment. Rightly so. Lots of unanswered questions. Red and White Army due to meet with... Um, Sunderland representatives very soon, so hopefully there'll be a few answers um, to those questions. Joe, we'll stick with you very quickly, actually heading into the MK Dons game on Saturday at the Stadium of Light. Um, Hoffman likely to be out again. What's the what's the sort of injury picture surrounding the Stadium of Light at the moment and Sunderland? Mm, yeah, well, obviously we'll get, we'll get more of an update when Alex Neal speaks to the media kind of later in the week, but they do have a few concerns um, in goal. Obviously, Lee Burge has, has been out for a few weeks now. We know he's, he's had that problem. And Hoffman as well has been out with with illness. So there potentially is a, an option Sunderland could maybe call up an emergency loan goalkeeper if um, if those two issues do remain to be an issue for them. Obviously, Anthony Patterson's played the last couple of games and Jacob Kearney's been on the bench, who's not registered as, as a first-team player. So potentially Sunderland could, um, I think, call up an emergency loan. In terms of other issues, we we're not sure how bad Danny Bath's injury is. He missed the game with an ankle injury, which, as we mentioned before, leaves him quite light at the back with with Bailey Wright and Callum Doyle as kind of the two centre-backs and as Lamadji as, as well. Um, Linda Gooch, we believe, was out with a calf injury. Um, missed the Cheltenham game. We heard that wasn't too bad, but then he wasn't in the squad at Wimbledon. So there are a couple of setbacks. And then obviously the long-term kind of injuries with like uh, McGeady, O'Neill, Niall Huggins as well. So, um, yeah, there'll be a couple of kind of updates that Alex Neal should provide kind of later in the week before the game. And Rich, just on just ahead of the the MK Don, are you slightly surprised maybe by the way Jermaine Defoe's been 
used at the moment. I know, as you mentioned, you know, he's a, he's a 39-year-old striker, but with the whole narrative about it being his last dance, dropping down to League One level, he's got, you know, six months left of a, of a glittering career. Maybe this was, you know, a wrong assumption of mine, but I assumed that if he was coming, that he was coming to contribute and play. And, you know, the last 10, 20 minutes of a game for Jermaine Defoe in League One, I'm, I'm just not sure how that fits into Sunderland's system or, or works at the moment. Obviously, the coach and staff will, will see more of him on the on the training pitch and his fitness, but I, I just assumed that he was he was coming to play, given he is in right in the tail end of his career. Indeed. Um, well, he's only played, I think Alex Neal said, he's only played nine minutes, I think, hadn't he, all season before signing for Sunderland. So the reality is he's not going to be starting games at the minute, probably won't be for a few weeks. If he even does, he, the plan might be for him to be that kind of impact sub off the bench. Um Hey, look, I'd I'd love Jermaine Defoe to score the goals and get Sunderland A either in at the playoffs or if they manage to get an automatic. I think we all probably agree that's gone. Um, and it'd be a wonderful story if he scored the winning goal at Wembley and Sunderland went up and stuff. But I don't know, you know, second comings aren't always quite as they you'd, you'd hope they would be. Um, we're only a week or two in, so let's hope he can just kind of build up that general match sharpness, I guess, and hopefully make a much bigger impact. Um, in game sooner rather than later. Hopefully this week on the training ground will, will help Alex Neal get some of his ideas across as well. But um, yeah, it remains to be seen what kind of impact Jermaine will have between now and the end of the season. He's obviously got the quality, isn't he? Um, Joby will answer this a little bit better just in terms of how, how he's kind of performed during the spells he's had during games um, in terms of how close he's looked to actually getting, you know, chances and, and Sunderland's build-up and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Jermaine is... Coming on a sub, basically, for the next three, four games still. 20 minutes here, half an hour there. Um, be great to see him start a game for someone soon, but um, I think that's just the reality of where we're at. How do you think he's looked, Joe, when you've seen him? I mean, it's hard to judge when he's only been coming on for the last kind of 20 minutes. You can see he's kind of trying to make those runs, um, kind of in behind to stretch the defence. We saw that against against Doncaster, and then he, he had a chance against, uh, against Wimbledon as well. He's kind of slipped through and... Um, had a, sh a low shot which the goalkeeper saved, so he's, he's still trying to kind of make him like move around and and trying to get in behind the opposition defence. But um, how kind of close he is to starting games, still not sure. It was interesting at, at the weekend that Alex Neal brought him on to play alongside Ross Stewart, but that only lasted about ten minutes because then he then took Stewart off, saying that that Stewart looked quite jaded. And, and to be fair to Ross Stewart, he's he's barely had a rest all season. He's been playing every single game because he's had to with with Nathan Broadhead being out injured as well. So whether he sees kind of Defoe kind of playing up front alongside Stewart or whether he can can take Stewart out of the firing line for one game because he hasn't scored in, in six games and, and maybe give Defoe a run out from the start. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he manages that situation. Absolutely. Dave Spencer says, Sunderland 100% have the best team and squad in the league. If we are all fit, we'll smash the playoffs. I hope you are right. Joe, just on the MK Dons game, um, they're doing exceptionally well at the moment, up into third under Liam Manning, who's um, a decent uh, young manager, 36 years old, replaced Russell Martin, who was highly rated, went off to Swansea. So the league table as it stands, so you've got Rotherham first, uh, 68 points, 31 matches played. Wigan are second, 28 matches played, 59 points. MK Dons in third with 32 matches played, 57 points. And Sunderland are two points behind MK Dons, on 55 with 32 games played. So if ever during this season, Sunderland needed a performance, it's now, isn't it? Yeah, well, they're playing direct rival, aren't they? As you said, just two points above them. 
a side that they could, they're going to be competing for a playoff spot for, could even meet in the playoffs. We don't know. Um, definitely two sides that are um, going to be in there, thereabouts. Uh, I think MK Dons, we've seen before in the last few seasons under Russell Martin, and they've continued that under Liam Manning. Like to try and play out from the back, like to try and play through the lines, um, play good football. And um, Sunderland got a really impressive win there, actually, earlier in the season, the second game of the season under Lee Johnson. And they went there and got a 2-1 win. I remember Elliot Embleton scored one, Ross Stewart as well. Um, and that felt like quite a significant win at the time against a good side that we thought were going to be up there. And it's turned out to be the case. So we'll see how it plays out at the Stadium of Light this weekend. But another really tough test for Sunderland. Um, yeah, against a side that are going to be up there. And with confidence low at the minute, obviously Alex Neal's going to have had a full week on the training pitch to work with them, kind of implement his ideas, which I think is going to be really important. And we'll see kind of um, what he can bring ahead of this game on Saturday. Yeah, the pre-season game against Hull and then and then the wins over Wigan and MK Dons, the start of the season seemed a very, very, very long time yeah. ago. <laughs> um, what was I going to ask you, Rich? Um, yeah, Sutherland, Sutherland fans really a dual performance by these Sutherland players now, aren't there? It's, you know... This, this downturn in form has been shocking. You mentioned the other week um, when Defoe re-debuted that, you know, these Sunderland players shouldn't need a big crowd to get them going. They, they, they should be able to do it. And they really do all Sunderland fans a performance. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, look, I take on board fully, you know, Alex Neil obviously have a better grasp of all these things than we would. But um, his points uh, seem very valid around the kind of fatigue levels of some young lads and, those more experienced players who haven't had a huge amount of minutes, so he's kind of juggling those issues. So you, you know, it's against the backdrop of that. But, but yeah, performances have dipped um, worryingly. So over the, probably since the Sheffield game, I guess. I don't know what was that five nil. How, how long was that ago? It seems like a lifetime, but it wasn't. End really of December, long. wasn't it? End of December, yeah. So since yeah. so the start of the year and where we are now, you're only talking five six weeks. Um, yeah, Sun had gone from being you know top of the table to now worrying about a playoff space so yeah um i think the, whoever whoever starts on saturday be interesting to see actually alex neil's first 11 properly at home um because he only had 40 minutes on friday do you know what i mean for the wimbledon game so um, be really interesting to see what kind of team he selects how they how they set up we know he's keen on the high press things like that whether they're able to do that at the minute with the, the players uh, we'll have to see but um but yeah i think they do other fans be interesting to see the crowd as well obviously a huge crowd for the Return of Defoe. I imagine it'd be slightly lower this week, but Sunderland are always well backed massively, and it would just be great to just start building some kind of momentum on the pitch um, against um, a backdrop of things off the pitch. You know, you touched on over the, the ownership issues, which is um, a key issue for fans, and rightly so. And there's a meeting tomorrow with the Red and White Army and other fan organisations. Whether there'll be any more clarity then, um, we'll wait and see. But um, but yeah, there are a lot of issues at the club on and off the pitch, and it'd be great to just. Get back to win away Saturday, hopefully, and first, first and foremost, try and cement that playoff place because at the minute they're only going one way, and that's uh, that's down. So, yeah, absolutely. Philip King says, "Well, no, Robson is going to score the winner in a one-nil defeat. It's a sort of way." I think actually Ethan Robson got recalled back to Blackpool in January. I'd have to double-check that one, but I'm not sure he's actually at MK Dons um, anymore. Jim Stevens. adds Embleton Doyle, Neil Stewart, all jaded. Speakman surely has to be looked at for poor transfers. Um, all coaching setup needs changing to be fair. Interesting points made by all. Um, yeah, the Sunderland Echo will have full coverage of the MK Dons game at the Stadium of Light over the weekend. So check in for that. We will also be bringing you Alex Neal's press conference and full coverage of the Red and White Army um, 
minutes uh, meeting minutes when they drop and you can subscribe to the Sunderland echo for an ad light um experience and yeah thank you for listening to the raw podcast once again thanks joe and richard for joining me i've been james copley and cheers for listening